please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. to Wired Shut. Hey, welcome to Wired Shut. Oh, he's your host, Logan. I'm not. I'm yum, 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 And I'm your host, Jesse. What day is it? Jumanji. Classic. It's day 69 of the lockdown. We make that every episode about lockdown. It's like, is it day 69 yet? Oh, do we? We do. Jesus. Listening back, there's always a 69 in there. Um... So, the worst part about being repetitive is not even aware of it. <laughs> um, Jacob's letter. Yeah. Um, this is day... Um, uh, we're into six figures at this point, so it's day 250,469 uh, of the podcast. Um, it's had to become an exponential number at this point because I jumped substantially into the, like the six thousands last episode which was only a week ago um <laughs> and really only what this, oh this is episode five of the lockdown it's quite cool we're um almost on track to be delivering one episode a week for the f- one episode a day for the first week of the lockdown <laughs> that's Just good. like we promised yeah it's a good wired shut output right there um and that's why we have substantial follower Whoever you do are, plural, it's not plural, singular. We have followers. Yeah, no, but do we? <laughs> <laughs> I was aware you said one. I was just impressed. I'm still one. also surprised. Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. It's uh... we, we've always had a listener base. It's just the weird. Oh, we um... had re- we had four reach today. That's cool. Or yesterday, day before yesterday. That's cool. I don't know what that means. a reach of the around (laughs) (laughs) We'll scale that up. We'll put a few few zeros on that when we start looking for um, advertisers. We had had advertiser. We just never bothered. And then I'm pretty sure. We did? They followed up with us. Well, yeah, we had that link on our website for Mighty App. Oh, that small. I was going to say that small startup. Uh, Amazon? Was it? Yeah. I think it was pronounced Amazon. It's a um, it's a giant robot transformer with big tits. Amazon. I mean, I'd green light it. Of course you would. You'd do more than that, you sick fuck. Um, I almost tripped over that word. I was going to say sick puppy and then said sick fuck. Puppy fuck? I don't know. It all works out. Um, I need to bring up our... Um, we need to be more organized. We've our got a Trello up. board now. We can bring that up and talk about what we've been talking about. Ah, oh, Westworld. Stop, stop trying to make referring to the Trello board a weekly event. <laughs> no, that's the new podcast. This is called the Trello board, where we talk about. I'm just reading. It's thing. called Trello. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's not even a play on Trello. The name Trello sounds like. Oh. Uh, we did it. Um. Things we've watched. Westworld. Should we? Take- um, no, before that, because okay. Westworld, I feel like, well, 
as much as it did last time, taking <clears> up a lot of time. Um, yeah, you're right, actually. I went, what did I watch? I watched a list of horror, horror movies, movies, which yeah, I told you about previously. In the chat, weren't they? Let me bring those up. We do research now, guys. I don't know if that's... We might lose listener over that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I, now I, we do listener. I, I would. We I do. would stop listening if we suddenly started to Have research. themed episodes, yeah. Um, There's a lot of Hellraiser talk in this chat. I need to go back to things you're actually talking about. Um, so first off, just public service announcement. If you get the chance, do not watch the Grudge remake. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, that probably goes without saying. But just don't. Same Raimi. Raimi? Yeah, I don't... Like, I'm sure he got paid to have his name on it, but... <sighs> there's no there's no Sam Raimi love in this joint. Mm. Also, uh, just Sam Raimi's fine. I feel like he's made more misses than he has hits. Yeah, he's... Um, he brought us... Such things as insert film here, but um, well, he's directing the too. next Doctor Strange movie. After all, is it a good thing? I think so. Like his, I really liked um, what do you call it? The it was the most recent kind of really horror film. Uh, Drag me back to hell. You I re- know that was like almost half our lives ago, right? <laughs> Recent, <laughs> recent. That his his most recent for uh, like he's, yeah, I'll give you he does horror well, recent. and it's meant to be a bit of a um, mind fuck of a movie. Apparently, in terms of well, it's called Multiverse of Madness. So, um, it's. I mean, sure. Yeah, I know you I've don't never... you don't have feelings towards comic book films except uh, a lack of interest. But I mean, his Spider Man movies were fine. Yeah. There were a place and a time, right? Yeah. Um, all the good things we can hopefully just attribute to him and the bad things we can attribute to uh, Sony being Sony about all of their Sony things. Uh, but much... you know what that means, right? It's alternate world reality. Um, it's a multiverse movie by Sam Raimi. So you're going to see Bruce Campbell playing a version of Doctor Strange. It's going to happen. Fine. Just... Hey man, Bruce Campbell love... still gets work through his friends. Just be happy that's happening. Okay. So does Ted Raimi. <laughs> the hot white dude is Ted Raimi. <laughs> I, I can't get past that. Yeah. The cast Ted Raimi is the. The jock? Ugh. Or the love interest? He, he, he was the dude she shacked up with when her actual boyfriend left the room. Ah, it's very jarring. She cucked her boyfriend with Ted Raimi. Raimi? Raimi. What movie was that? Is it Ted Raimi that married Lucy Lawless? Or is it Sam Raimi that did that? One of them did. That's who Lucy Lawless is married to. Is one of the Raimis. It must be Ted, surely. Because they created uh, Xena. That was their joint. Uh. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know, right? It's like, huh. Uh, pers- oh, just... Personal life? Oh, I thought it was Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> I think they created that too. Yeah, it's it's, it's just the same 
Oh, no, she's married I mean, to an executive producer for Xena. But oh, I thought there were... Yeah, I don't care enough to... And then New Zealand dude played the bad guy that fell off a balcony. Who was that? Was that uh, was that one of the Warner Brothers from <laughs> Warner Brothers, Shortland Street? Uh, no. Um, I mean, if if you if you want to know, pull him up and you recognise his face. But yeah, he. This is a roundabout way to do. Where are they now? And are they hot? Um, <laughs> the answer is Ted Raimi, still hot. Uh, it's a no from me. <laughs> Oh man, sorry Ted Raimi, you never really got main casted in Xena. You were guest and then recurring for four seasons and then guest again. Uh, Kevin Smith was, oh the New Zealand actor Kevin Smith, he died in a fall of a film studio in China. That's the guy. Yeah. Kevin Smith That's the guy I was Yeah. Kevin Smith. Oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah, also, he played Ares, that's right. Was Kevin Smith not on that show, the, the other Kevin Smith? Uh, Bruce Campbell was. As Autocules? There's something Kevin Smith related on that show. Is there or is it just because it's about hot women doing superhero things that you think Kevin Smith is attached to it in some capacity? Like he might have been on set just like touching himself. I mean he is as he is wants to do. <laughs> in his touching himself while high as shit and in his jordan. Jean shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, what, what was the second movie I mentioned? The Black Coat's Daughter. Yeah, I have not heard about this movie at all. And you hadn't either when you found it? So it's it's on the list of like, I know this movie's name, but that's all. See, I don't, haven't even heard of the name. And I knew that that girl was in it, the one that played uh, the daughter on Mad Men. Mad Men? Oh, it had a critically low. The box office for that was twenty thousand US dollars, and it has a five point nine out of ten on IMDb. Was it? It's it's really good. It's not trash. It's just it's yeah. I'm pretty sure the same guy. I I think that's right. The same actor, uh, same writer director made um, the Oz Perkins. Yeah, Gretel and uh, Hansel. The, the the did he do Gretel and Hansel? Mm-hmm. No, he did the what the pretty thing that lives in the house. Yeah, he did. Which is just like a very very strange slow thing that, oh, that thing doesn't on, really care Netflix. whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It's um, I'm looking at it now. Oh, it's about a horror writer in Massachusetts. Classic. <laughs> nice. Um, with uh, what's her face, Ruth Wilson? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I have seen that film. Okay. Well, all right. So um, it's a good so movie. So Blackcoat's daughter is just about two girls at a girls' school who um are both for whatever reason their parents haven't turned up um to pick right. them up for holiday weekend. And so they decide to, they both get stuck basically staying there. Mm. And one seems like she'll be sort of the main character who's um, 
She she seems like she'll be the sort of innocent main character for the film, but, but then the it takes a turn the... when the sort of the the scarier older one who they initially try and play a sort of she's doing naughty things off with her boyfriend. Then it turns out she's more the main character, huh. and um, the other one appears to be worshiping Satan in the off ah. moment, and it's. It's, it's a very anime approach to those character types. It's just yeah. weirdness than it is actual like fulfillment of anything in particular. Yeah, it seems like it's it reads like a um in the way you're describing it, it reads like a like series one of an horror anime. Where it's the quiet girl that's haunted by something dark and creepy and it's the the normal looking the the normal behaving one who's doing naughty things isn't really the main character yeah, she's just yeah, happening it, it, to do things kind of does have i know what you mean when you say that yeah. um i don't know about you I, I tend to put that sort of lens on things that i'm watching was like this seems below live action quality or it like it's been treated like that because it's low budget or it's for whatever reason just completely gone under the radar but i it feels I do, like an anime plot yeah i try to like what would this be like if it was animated probably pretty good but yeah yeah i know what you mean um, and then, yeah, so the turns out, um, oh, and Emma Roberts is just like a peripheral character that seems to be making her way towards the school. I oh, see. I read her, I read the cast list like she was the one. This okay. random old couple. Do their stories intersect at all or are they just all like three different separate? Um, no, they're, they're turns out that the little blonde girl at the school and Emma Roberts are the same person. Oh. It's just like maybe 10 years have passed between the two subplots, but you don't really get that information until later on. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's more refreshing than having Emma Roberts play a teenager when she's not. Um, well, she's, she's teenager-sized. She can yeah. usually get away with it. Yeah. But um, it's basically about... Uh, little a, a young girl who is just seems to be forsaken by everyone and then gets possessed by a demon and then um misses having a demon in it huh and so yeah initially in the in the younger girl's plot she kills the girl that's like the main character mm. and that's um, it and but you you know the the entire time the other character is framed as the main character but it's really just a weird story about a girl who seems to have been either abandoned by her parents or something mm. satan finds her she falls into satan and then gets exercised in a mental hospital and then is depressed that she no longer has satan who was there for her so goes trying to replicate the crime to get satan back into her life Right, okay. That sounds like a really, it's, it's it's more just a bizarre yeah. art movie. It's not really a And that's the way the the, the the way the um Wikipedia reads for it in terms of I mean drawing attention to the fact that it was released in a film festival in twenty fifteen and then didn't actually get released anywhere until twenty seventeen that was obviously optioned or purchased by somebody pretty much immediately and then didn't they didn't do anything with it until Yeah, and I <clears> just <throat> saw it on. by um Explains why its box office is so fucking low too. Cause yeah, because it was just no video on demand. Like, to see it. Yeah, it just went yeah, straight on. I just, um, I have 
ExpressVPN currently just for the sake of during lockdown. So, mm. Well, um, Rotten Tomatoes puts it at a 73%, which is much higher than the IMDb. So, Yeah, and I think IMDb is a lot more like based on how the industry feels about things. Mm. Whereas Rotten Tomatoes is more of an accurate... Well, well no. More I would, Rotten me. Tomatoes are the ones that gave that Chappelle special like a zero because he mocked trans, um, transsexuals uh, or whatever. Right. Because, um, God forbid, people make jokes for the sake of making jokes. Yeah, because, you know... Yes, using humour to mock... Let's face it, yourself yeah. is what he was doing. Yeah. Because you don't understand something because... In your mind, in his own mind, he was sort of too old and too out of touch to really get it. Mm. That is apparently offensive. Yeah, to even think differently and yeah. acknowledge your own uh, shortcomings and yeah. ignorance. It's yeah, and we all isn't that the first step to actually understanding somebody else that you don't understand is at least acknowledging that you don't understand. Well, that and it's important to remember that basically that implies that left-leaning media has basically accepted that thought crimes are a thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and so then the other great movie which I watched, which I knew I was in for a good one in the first sort of 10 minutes. So it begins with just like Alicia Silverstone. Classic. Who is just occasionally in movies again. Now. I was going to say Funny that. Um, she's also in Good on a her. movie called, um, what's it called? Death of a Sacred Animal or something? Sure. It's a weird movie by the same guy that made The Lobster. Ah, okay. Just so as much stilted, weird dialogue and characters being strange for strangeness sake. Yeah. Um, hmm. The he, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't finished it actually. Charlotte and I got about halfway through and then fell asleep basically and then we just haven't gone back to it yet but yeah. we still plan to. Um, but he... Where was I going with that? The movie. You watched Alicia yeah, Silverstone. so Alicia Silverstone, you can tell she's the prettying lunch. herself up and she's anxious about going to see like the kid's father, but you can tell that the way they're setting it up is that they don't live together anymore. Right. Um, they get to the father's house. He's like, um, asks her if they can finalize their divorce because he wants to marry his girlfriend. And you just see her just sort of turn and she's like, oh shit, okay, that's not what I thought was going on here. And um, yeah, the, the like sort of crippling reality of the fact that she prettied herself up, hoping that that would appeal to him. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of hard to watch. Um, Again, takes and, place in Massachusetts. Nice. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then she goes home, and you just see her sitting at the table crying, drinking wine out of a glass, and then she, you're like, oh, she's taking her jewelry off, and then all of a sudden, just. No, no preemptive moment to suggest it. Handgun comes up, Oof. blows brains out. <laughs> scene done. Thin. And we were just both sitting there going, "Fuck!" <laughs> but it, it was it was just so well done, and you didn't. There was nothing about it that 
that led you to believe it was coming. So it just. Yeah, yeah. But basically, the movie is about um, the sort of how it, whatever passage of time later, I think it's like six months. The dad's like um, wants the kids to go to their old winter home in the some snowy place mm. um, with him and his new fiance. And the fiance grew up in a suicide cult and is sort of since beyond it. But you get the sense that um, the father met her because he's a psychiatrist, met her doing his job and probably cheated on his wife with her. Oh, neat. And yeah. is it all just a big uh, conspiracy to pull him into the cult that she never really left? Um, no, it's actually... A confusing bunch of different things throughout the movie where you're not really sure what's going on. He has to go and work up till Christmas and he his kids aren't happy about it. Mm. But he wants to leave them there with her. Ah right. Um, so it's them it's her being paired with kids uh, with teenagers that she doesn't um feel connected like to anymore. It'd be like a I want to say a, maybe a, it's the start of every good point. I, mean, I can't tell the age of kids. I want to say like a 10 to 12 year old and like a 14, 15 year old, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're coherent and they, they, you know, express their feelings relatively clearly. Yeah. Yeah. To the potential stepmother of, um, yeah, that potentially broke up a family. are aware that she grew up in a creepy cult and even end up searching online and watching a video of the cult where she was like the one that, when they all suicided, she was the one that was chosen to um, Ascend. like finish people off or make sure everyone was dead. So there's like this creepy footage of her, her eye view while she's holding a camera just walking through a basement um, hmm. and anyone that's not dead yet she basically just puts a bullet in um so they all go to the the holiday home the um she seems to constantly sleepwalk and have traumatic memories and shit in the background and she's on medication which she's hiding from the husband yeah yeah um and then the they're sort of all eventually starting to get along and then the kids get cold and want to um, heat her. She's worried about it and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we do this all the time. So they get the oil heater out and then basically they all die of Monoxide CO2 poisoning. in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then get stuck in a purgatory that they can't get out of and like when they wake up, that like they're still occupying our house but time has passed so none of their belongings or anything where they should be and the there's like a memorial up. outside the house and it's clearly not been occupied in some time and weird shit yeah. like that huh. um, so does it go full um, Silent Hill where it gets to the point where it kind of breaks out of that again or is it kind of commit yes. to the fact that it oh, does okay no so it turns out that um, on her obviously this whole time she's not able to take medication because she can't find it either 
Um, so she starts losing touch with, just struggling to cope with the reality of it. Um, time and the like, her awareness start to unravel even more. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so Beetlejuice means the hours. No, <laughs> the other is not the hours. <laughs> the hours. <laughs> I thought you said that on purpose. I was going with it. Um, no, I mean, more, the the others, which I enjoyed thoroughly more than the hours, but yeah. What was it that last? It turns bit? out that the kids made it up just to fuck with her. Oh hell! Yeah. Um, okay. And because she was so disassociative, you mean, and like off her meds that she well, just because they didn't like her because she was new mommy. No, but like they made it up and like they were able to convincingly make it up because she was yes. off her meds. So she was up. Uh, she, you know, because of her her origins and everything, she was totally capable of accepting such a bizarre and like sure. fatalist sort of reality. Whatever was put in front of her was the truth, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so she. The the then issue becomes after they're like no 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 we're just fucking with you everything's okay yeah. she doesn't believe them right and at that point they she's can't fully convince gone her to take her meds again and she starts to, um, yeah, okay. and then the father comes and she's like no 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 you don't understand you don't understand no we're in purgatory no 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 look look I could kill you you won't die and because even the the son had hung himself and then like pretended to be dead and she was terrified and then he like sits up and goes ah, see we can't die with Jesus stuff Christ. yeah okay this sounds like a um one of those classic like not classic but one of those left of center horror movies that weren't quite um it's it's not quite a horror movie but it is like it wouldn't be something that would be um terrifying american made almost if you're just trying it to think about those old feel american european kind of like um horror movies where you didn't feel sorry for anyone involved by the end of it. You're like, hang on a second, you're a cunt, and you were a cunt. Yeah, um, yeah. Like at, at the end, I was like, I still well, don't know what was real and what wasn't. But all I know is everyone sucked. Huh. Yeah, well, you spend the whole movie viewing her as the because you side with the kids. You watch them. You see them with their mum, and then watch their mum off herself. Yeah, yeah. Same. So. You spend the early film, which is quite bizarre and almost jarring, but it then swaps around and she's now the main character. Yeah, yeah. When previously it had been the kids struggling with the loss of their mum. And it's it honestly feels like it may have been made by an opposing studio at the same time as Hereditary. Because that's what it sounds like you're describing as a series of Hereditary-adjacent events that might exist in the same universe. It, and I'm okay with that. It sounds yeah. cool. And it, it doesn't have hereditaries like sort of rug pulling at the end where it's like, nah, the, mm. the reality you thought you knew doesn't exist type <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, by the end of the film, the you're almost, you're, you're sad for her loss of her sanity. Yeah. But you're weirdly fine with her blowing the brains out of the family, which is she presumably is going to kill the kids when they get in the father's car and try to drive away at the end, but um, the tires skid on the snow and they go nowhere. Huh. But they, they even killed her dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, they deserve to die. But more than, I think yeah. it was an accident. Well, like they like locked it outside or something? Like the like, daughter just straight up accidentally left the front door unlocked and it was just an unfortunate accident. 
It's I don't know. Yeah, it it sounds great. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I mean, now that I think about this in, in this entire podcast, we really should have just called this. I should have watched. I should watch that, which is we, where we one person just went through a list of um. 20, 2019 horror movies. Oh, that's how I used to find we movies like, as well. We I mean, to this. be fair, that's what we used to do when we were in yes, a relationship, Logan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back when you still looked at me uh, like you do her. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, we got to the point back in the day yeah, where that just, was the only way we could find new content because we had watched everything at United Video. RIP. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, back when it was, you couldn't really, um, like downloading movies was hard. Yeah. Then. And I mean, you could exist by um, receiving a small government stipend every, every week to not go to university, <laughs> buy yeah. Red Bull and watch movies all night and call it a film degree. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't even get one of those. <laughs> but I have a public relations degree. A per why, um, why aren't you better at selling whatever it is that we are <laughs> i have a public relations degree and i work as a i can AI i can writer. explain anything about my life to me sir <laughs> no but i mean i've I, I say film degree it was a media studies degree with like nine-tenths of an english degree attached to it um close enough oh yeah i mean there's a nine tenths the rest of us like i mean that's english there's an english degree per, like a person with an english a per, an english degree person um, doing math <laughs> with an english degree relations <laughs> sell me make me look good to the public throw me a cheese oh no grilling you cheese um okay so, in, in short, Alicia Silverstone, still alive. <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she also is in... Um, Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix. Okay, cool. Neat. What, she's in that? Um, which is a show coming out this year, made by uh, Kevin Smith, not the dead one. Um, but Mark Hamill is Skeletor, so that's cool. Is it a cartoon? Yeah, uh, he's brought back the actual He-Man um, and had it properly financed. I'm sorry. Him. I didn't realize you were the actual He-Man. <laughs> no, instead of some like weird version of, you know, what you know, studios tend to do where they're like, we're going to pick up that IP, change everything about it, including its animation style, and you're just sure. going to like it. Um, yeah, no, not that I'm a fan of He-Man in any sense because it was from like the earliest of the 80s and it didn't yeah, have robots we, I mean, in it so like and it what didn't have robots in it so ah uh, yeah huh but well, the that, person that worked on it was um paul dini in the original he-man series like the guy who wrote batman animated series yeah yeah cool oh, that's cool i mean it, i mean you, you know i'm no fan of what's his name Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith. I am and I'm not. You hate dead New Zealander Kevin Smith. <laughs> Can I get that on tape, sir? Oh, um, you no, are a yeah. public relations nightmare. <laughs> um, 
I, any, pe- people would have to care what I personally say for that to be a public relations nightmare. That's true. Oh, this is New Zealand, though, where you create your own hype and then immediately shit, it, shit on it. Um, this is true. And then eventually go on Celebrity Treasure Island, which is the last form of uh, reality TV that I knew existed in this country. So I really don't. I, I think... I think we got like one of those other things. Like one of those ones where people just build houses exist. that they can't afford. Oh no, not that. They're, those those will always exist, but other like um, you know how kitchen, reality kitchen TV and kind of went related past ones? Big Brother and then came back around to Big Brother. Oh yeah, where it's like it's either a kitchen related show or it's a um, getting married to a stranger type show. Yeah, or just a bunch of, like, Botoxed people being on a beach and uh, like, being shitty to each other. Yeah, yeah, like Geordie Shaw, Real, yeah. Real Housewives kind of just e e bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You sort of like I I I don't know. Is is somebody that once upon a time wanted to work in the film industry like what what is the deal with all those? filmmakers no 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 ask the question there. ask the question in your jerry seinfeld voice what is the deal now um you know because you like that that's a pretty low thing to say yeah I, I i really loved filmmaking when i was a kid and now i make reality tv <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like it's, it's, it's just how do you it's uh, oof. Well, are they the um the behind the scenes versions of just uh, like fame whores? Like they were never going to be in front of the camera. They were always going to be behind it, but um they were also willing to sell themselves for the first immediate job they were able to engineer for themselves for a company. I mean, that I have to cra- believe it's like, more of a case of like it's one step away from making porn. Surely, porn actually has better rewards and <laughs> a safer industry for its people psychologically. Um, there's, there's once upon a time where there's a certain part of me that was like, I actually think it could be cool to like try and bring the um, filmmaking back to that realm. Oh, you want to make some like. Um, so like real soft, soft core Italian kind of porn. Caligula, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, where you'll grab a Helen Mirren type before she breaks out and then get her to do things on camera she'll never want to do again. <laughs> you couldn't just let me land the joke. You had to make it sound like I was... Um... Sleazy? Yeah. <laughs> Breezy cover girl? No, no, I was, I was with you. <laughs> like, we're doing <laughs> this, right? <laughs> we're making this a thing. And I mean, as long as we just make Charlotte and Jamie the the face of the company, then it uh, suddenly becomes a feminist <laughs> well, movement. Uh, you are, your woman's not a part of this. Uh, well, I should be the tell. I meant the face of the company in terms of the people behind it. Oh. So it becomes a feminist movement. My my girl will be talent straight up. She's fine. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Don't drink rum and then go lie down for a little bit next to a heater because you will just fall asleep while waiting for somebody to come back. <laughs> I want rum and the heater. <laughs> house is like our house is in the middle of the street. Our house. Yeah. Sure, yeah okay. But, cool. Um, thank you. Give this to me. I'm tired and drunk. It. It. It's. It feels like you're in a beach house, but it's just on the sort of edge of Auckland, five minutes drive from a beach. 
All right. So it has that beach house sense of I'm pretty sure this place isn't meant to be inhabited unless it's summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it's made of driftwood. Yeah, Yeah. it's cold as shit and it's up on piles and there's very little underneath it. So it kind of just hovers over an abyss and like if you had the if you had the wind of wellington it would have blown over years ago oh absolutely yeah it's it's a nice house but does it does it seem like also we we have to like keep the doors open so that the dogs can get in and out otherwise there's a whinge and scratch doors all the time so So there is just a sense of not just a sense of cold but it is just cold by because the doors have to be open yeah yeah uh animals Um, uh, animals, I can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I don't dislike pets. I just can't be bothered. I was one of those. Granted, I'm a grumpy old man, but um, I was maintained as like a. I think as a teenager, so I've, I've, I'm an when you were peak grumpy, grumpy old, old man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that. Pets are just a way to teach your kids about uh, death. Well, it's a way to teach empathy as well. It's um, proven that yeah, um, children point. who have animals at an early age versus those that don't under, uh, learn um, proper, yeah, proper realized empathy more than those that don't actually have pets, full stop. Well, I did have pets at a young age so anyone who's implying that I'm from what I just said I lack empathy <laughs> I'm a sociopath of my own standing thank you very much not because of my environment yeah yeah <laughs> um, Yeah. so let's talk about Westworld oh no sorry we need to establish that we're back from a break um, and at the exact same moment before we took that break we uh, both needed to pee so our cycle <laughs> our cycles have synchronized completely during lockdown is, um, is this something we can appropriate from women that will piss them off at calling <laughs> um needing to pee at the same time our cycles? cycles yeah i think so <laughs> i think that would annoy women yeah. yeah i'm your venus i'm your fire something something desire that song that was in girls ads for things like razors and such dun, 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 yeah yeah, yeah, but, mean, um, she, yeah, she's got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby, she's got it. I mean, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And is this why girls go to the bathroom together because their pee cycles are synchronized? There's only one time in the history of my life that I went into a bathroom with a male friend and he proceeded to talk to me over the, like from his cubicle. Well, it wasn't just I, to do... I guess that's just like a maybe he's from a different part of the world and that was the reason but it really just came across to me like dude I'm, I'm trying to take a dump because you're just <laughs> not talking to me right now I'm struggling with my own thoughts right now I don't yeah. need somebody else's in my head <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I am a um, human being in 20 whatever it was yeah. struggling to get my body to do something <laughs> that it was designed to do and has done for millennia. Yeah, we're because sitting we're, because we've designed such a contraption to not be properly designed for the way we're meant to be doing that. Um, yeah. That it becomes a chore for us, and then we destroy our lower bodies by the second half of our life because of that. 
Yes. And then create and an also, entire industry uh, around that using creams and such. I don't know. People get hemorrhoids in real, I don't know, in real life as opposed <laughs> to in make-believe. No, just, just diphtheria. Oh, no, I have diphtheria again. Um, I had to look up. Well, I, I laughed when I heard that joke. But I don't remember. I had to look up what diphtheria was. And uh, well, I need to look up what that was actually on because I know it was Mike it was, Myers. It was Mike Myers. Yeah. Enough said. Um, was it a, like an MTV is it movie? A side awards? character on that Guru movie. It's either that or it was like a skit in like an MTV movie awards thing. Are you? It, it, I think you're right, but I think it was a skit that was reprising a character. Yeah, it could be. But also. Is Mike Myers one of those people that, like, now that we're all woke, we have to pretend he didn't do half of what he did? Well, what was what was in this day and age? What, what what's considered in, in like in, an incredibly bad taste beyond just Love Guru, which was just garbage? Yeah, but none but of his it, Austin Powers characters are um, have dated in any way. I don't think beyond the oh, this is what Scottish people are like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he was careful that he only ever really parodied white characters but yeah i mean did he there, there must be other well until such time as society comes around to thinking that the dutch are oppressed in any way or like the belgians <laughs> no one's going to get upset about a dr evil character but um yeah fuck the dutch uh, um i i the only well, dutch person i ever knew and he, 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 was a, he was a decent dude. He was my friend, but he was so fucking tall that he couldn't buy clothes that were the right length in oh, New Jesus. Zealand. Also, um, so he just permanently was walking around with like jeans I don't halfway know why that down and like yeah. um, fucking crop tops on because he was just too tall for the clothes. I don't know why I, I. It sounds like that should be a poem read by a Morgan Freeman type. I had a Dutch man as a friend. He was a friend. <laughs> I knew a Dutch man once, and he was a friend. I knew a Dutch man once. <laughs> he was a friend. Was <laughs> is Morgan Freeman the original Morgan Meatwad? Morgan Freeman is just Meatwad. Yeah. More, more, more of this at 11. Um <laughs> More Dan Freeman is where I thought you were going with that. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That's funny. But here we are with this podcast. Um, also, uh, another movie that you should watch, which I'm going to have to write. What, uh, remember what the... Um, uh, somebody the is not... It's like man's name is not real. Ozark. Our movie. S- scary stories to tell in the dark. Child's play 29 i told you boy two was shit eh? boy two, boy two. <laughs> the type of ytt joint boy two electric boogaloo brahms um, the boy two yeah brahms colon the boy two i haven't seen the boy one. Oh wait the boy one was a katie holmes movie as well with a kid no uh oh. there is a movie Katie Holmes is only in the sequel. She's not in the original. Um, he's in a movie called Daniel Isn't Real. He is. What the fuck am I saying? Um, the movie I was talking about is called Daniel Isn't Real. 
and it stars one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's kids. The it's, illegitimate it's one? just about a kid who... Um, Does it star the illegitimate kid? The one he made nah, with his... Uh, okay. Oh, I don't know. The dude looks like... No, no. It's what like his it's... father probably looked like minus the roid, so I'm guessing no. No, yeah, it was a legitimate one. He's a Kennedy. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I see Maria Schreiber and I still think Marie Osmond for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing real good. Who, JFK? He's not. He's dead. <laughs> and so no, are all of your brothers and parents and uncles and shit. Oh, God. Didn't one of them I... disappear over the um, over the Bermuda Triangle or something? Feel like that was right. the Kennedys. I've, Kennedy, fucking, they managed to die in every way, shape, or form. Mm. I see why no reason why they wouldn't die in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, Schwarzenegger's son. Why did I bring that up? He was in a movie about a boy. Yeah, so it's it's a kid. I, this is the one I'll probably watch tonight. So no sense reviewing it. Yet. I but, remember um, the boy. It had the chick from uh, Walking Dead and. Lauren Collins. Yes, yes, uh, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, you're talking about Daniel, um, Daniel isn't real. Daniel isn't real. Mm-hmm. So, kid is told to, because he's he's getting to like his his art school years, and he's told like, did you ever contend with anything growing up? Yeah, I did, and I had a um imaginary friend that helped me out. And he's like, well, you know, maybe try and sort of re get in touch with that as like a sort of a self-help um, thing uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a therapist might say to you. Mm-hmm. And then when he does so, the thing starts to take on a life of its own and basically it's just like his cool his, his Tyler Durden alter ego that starts getting more and more violent and scary towards the people they're dealing with. Right, okay. So it's Drop Dead Fred. You tell me. I mean, yes, it's Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that a movie? Yeah, it was like, like a classic I, movie I know in the that 90s. Name, it's, um, it. it's about a girl dealing with an imaginary friend that she repressed when she was a child um, that comes back while she's an adult. But she's clearly also um, a little bit fucked in the head because obviously she's still seeing this imaginary friend. But... Um, it's not a good movie, but it's considered a classic movie. Cult movie? Yeah. Like, lots of people remember watching it growing up and thinking that was a cool movie because, like, cool, funny, uh, imaginary friend movie. But you go back and watch and be like, this is uh, this is a grown man sexualizing a girl. <laughs> um, oh, it's Phoebe Cates. That's why it's a <laughs> grown man sexualizing a girl. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't... That we don't have that like 80s understanding of who Phoebe Cates is because we didn't grow up American kids. But yeah, I know enough about the name Phoebe Cates that like dudes that are in their 40s now go, oh, whoa, Phoebe Cates. I would have totally hit that if she let me. Yeah. Yeah, I, she was, I presume, the, the one they were jerking off to when they were. Some, yeah. The yeah. yeah the what do they call it a, a, sex, a sexual awakening? Yeah, oh right. When you're like, you're like, oh damn, him. yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So about that movie. Um. Oh, just watch the trailer. I'll guarantee you want to watch the movie. It looks good. 
Uh, what was it called again? Drop Dead Fred. Daniel isn't real. <laughs> yes, Drop Dead Fred. Daniel isn't real. Well, it's produced by old... Uh, I was going to say friend of the show, but we don't have famous people on the show. <laughs> Just say it. Say friend of the show. Friend of the show, Elijah Wood. Because um, ah, okay, he's been producing makes... horror movies out of his ass in recent years, like Mandy. Oh wow, like front on view of Patrick Schwarzenegger, his head is weird looking. Yeah, he's got that Schwarzenegger head, Yeah, crossed cross with a bit of Sch Schreiber head. I do photography sometimes. Yeah, Patrick Schwarzenegger looks like a one of the Sprouse twins. Stretched. But like stretched and like melt-mannered. Like he's been put in the microwave. Or... <laughs> a melt-mannered janitor. <laughs> Like, I know Elijah Wood's pushing, I don't know how old he is, and he's, what, in his 30s, maybe he is in his 40s at this point, but I would have just enjoyed this movie more if he was just in it. Yeah. He does, he does, it's got that, um, normal dude pushed to the brink of insanity that I really enjoy watching. Yeah, what was that movie with him and Melanie Linsky where he's just like a weird morning jigger? Weird what? Morning jigger? <laughs> That's all I heard. I'm like, what? You being racist right <laughs> no. now? No. Um, mole ninja guy. Oh, mole ninja. <laughs> I didn't hear something else. I'm just like, I didn't actually know what you said. It just Is that one of those things that you just shouldn't say with a New Zealand accent? <laughs> mole ninja guy. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Especially with the hard ER at the end. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> Yeah, I like this. Um, something about the, I don't know whether it's lockdown or the fact that we keep recording almost exclusively after I have long work days, but we're really getting to the wheezy laughter at these episodes recently. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that while um, having to edit these together. <laughs> Just a lot of... <laughs> I'm sorry, do you edit this? I try. <laughs> I really do. No, I don't. Those, those edit with quote marks. Yeah. Um, I mean, the most yeah, editing just... I genuinely do is like when we haven't stopped started properly and I have to trim bits. But otherwise, no, it's we we flow pretty good. Sure, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, more ninja, ninja, ninja. Um, but did you ever watch? Uh, what do you call it? The Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Yes. On Netflix? 
that was a good time. And same yeah, with no, I um, quite like that show. With Wilfred as well. If you'd watch that, it's four seasons. It has a very clear ending to it, and it's him hallucinating that that Australian dude is his dog in a dog suit. That's right. Um, and holy fuck, that's a good series. Yeah, it was, and it they was feel like my, they could exist uh, in the same universe because they're so just weird. They get the same kind of tone to them, even though they're not related in any sense. Yeah. I is Derek Gently's the one where he gets like fu- fired from being a bellhop? Yeah, yeah. At the very start, and he sees himself from the future show up in the in the hotel room, and he gets fired for like a brutal murder that happens in one of the rooms that he's tending to. But he yeah, has nothing to do. I was just thinking, like, why do I remember that being a both horrifically violent and really like weirdly depressing because somebody's really struggling. Because it is, yeah. There's um, it pulls no punches with how brutal and sadistic. That's right. Because his sister just like um, straight up experiences like um, hallucinations of like pure like body horror happening to her at any given time. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it was like a made up disease. Um. Well, like he knew it was always a made-up disease, and he told her and like broke the trust between them, so they were never the same. But uh, it turns out it was a real disease, and he starts to experience the um, symptoms of it later on as well. Which is quite That's true. Right. And it purely just comes from the fact that they're both in ver- different versions, um, like have psychic abilities of some kind, so it makes them enhanced in some way. Yeah, that I I liked that show. I finished that. Like there was a season which focused on pure like um, Princess Bride levels of magic and kingdomness and just weird fairy tale kind of stuff happening in the real world purely because there was a psychic from one of the test facilities that they grew up, one of them grew up in, um, who was in a coma for the last decade or two decades and had um, fairy tales being read to them. And so, oh, and they, so they were just manifesting it. Manifesting it in the real world, yeah. Was that the show where there was like the girl that was just covered in dirt and killed everyone she came into contact? Yes, that was the other like highlight of that show is that she's like the chaotic incarnate of that show where he's Dirk Gently That's is right. holistically a yes. detective. Like he doesn't solve crime so much as crimes fall in his lap and he just follows the clues that get put in front of him to then eventually connect yeah, the world together. Know. Where she's considered the holistic opposite of that where she'll like she gets lead towards things to end their lives yeah like she she kills whoever the universe tells her like to. a holistic assassin like and she, uh, that's uh, right that is what she calls herself yeah like it? she's never not able to kill somebody until she and when she does come across somebody that she's not able to kill um she just doesn't because the universe doesn't need it to yeah and she doesn't understand why like one that she there's i think dirk is like the first instance of her trying to actively kill somebody but not being able to because his role as a holistic detective conflicts with her role as an assassin so they've both got roles to play but isn't that isn't there that guy that just drives her around and they have like a weird yeah like she kidnaps a dude almost like a love interest situation yeah yeah like he teaches her about the real world because she doesn't know anything beyond just murdering um and that's why she's always covered and she doesn't actually think beyond the murder um path that she's on at any given time so she doesn't think to bathe or learn the basics of anything happening or the world around her at large and how things are meant to work um she just is just led cosmically by the idea that she's meant to kill i think i watched all of that show i just yeah 
parts of it in my mind have been replaced by me thinking it was that show Legion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Understandably so. Yeah, same sort of color tone themes and just general mind fuckery happening. Um, but the the crazy the assassin chick is um, the daughter, which is why she's got the same kind of look, voice, and everything about her as um, Brad Dorif. Is like the original kind of creepy, um, psychotic actor. He, like he was the original Chucky. Oh yeah, and, yeah like yeah. Grima Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings. And uh, he, well, I've never he, seen the original Child's Play. It's uh, it's fine. It's classic eighties kind of schlock. But is it the same as like all the other sequels where it's like? it establishes that he's kind of useless unless you're like crippled or damaged in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's strengthened by the, like you've got the, the fresh premise of a kid, um, befriending this monstrous, um, psychotic doll more than you do in the sequels where it's, you don't need to establish any of that at that point. It's just reestablishing the same thing over and over again. So it's like every horror, uh, franchise where the first is original um has like almost an elevated tone to it and then everything else that comes after it just isn't it's just about cutting people up for the sake of it yeah it's continuing a franchise more than anything yeah um yeah but yeah sorry um she's got that west world west world yeah we're going to talk about west world the season finale just aired and um first off how did it make you feel Oh, um, you happy with it? Were you disappointed by something? I was happy with where the Dolores story ended. Yeah, I loved just seeing her, um, not deconstructed, but um, fulfilling what was quite clearly what she was like. She fulfilled what she was intending to always do. Yeah, which it was getting to the point where I just didn't see it being a possibility but we were never really let into knowing what she was actually up to properly yeah um, even you as an audience were very much asked to accept that there was something going on there when the show refused to show it to you but it even pulled that away as well as at that point by the second to last episode i was not expecting her i was i was fully comfortable with the idea that her uh, plans weren't being fulfilled and weren't going to be um i like you thought she was failing yeah yeah or at least had been pushed so and so because of haloris mostly which is what uh, the like the hail clone that she had made and then abandoned and got burned alive and that's what <laughs> they're calling her on reddit is haloris um i was fully expecting that to be the massive kind of um sidewinder to to what she was trying to achieve so it would have all just started to crumble as soon as her um clones started getting killed off but even that, it just like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, it wasn't meant to happen, but it didn't change the outcome for her. Um, yeah, I was quite weirded out when the whole failed takeover of Dallas happened. Yeah, um, but I really, I've, I've been trying to figure out the importance of Maeve this entire season beyond just being called Ninja and my daughter. I need to get to my daughter. Um, just. But yeah, even just like it felt frustrating to just see not enough happen with her that I was satisfied with. Severely underutilized. And just being pulled in different directions without enough of her maveness to like 
be like, no, fuck this and kill the situation that she's in and actually free herself much earlier on from being in that dude's control. But as soon as she touched um, Dolores's hand and like you just said that snap, it was like, great. I feel, I feel fully, um, I'm happy with that. That's great. That's all I wanted because they never actually got to that moment. They never got more like throughout the entire season. They never got to the point where they were able to actually connect beyond standing in each other's way. And as soon as they did, I, was, I didn't feel cheated by it. It felt right. That, that yeah. was the first moment that one of them was able to let their guard down because they didn't trust each other. Um and then all of a sudden, yeah, as as it should, as AI should, just boom, it's done. They've they're fully connected. They fully they understand exactly what each other's motives are, and it's just it's cleaned up. It's fine. Um, it kind of worked for me because it, it felt like yeah, the right I, way to go I, about that. I don't that, know I whether but. it's successful as far as like I I, I think Maeve could have been given more to do. Yeah. But I, I agree with you that it it did come together in a way that at least in the moment felt right. Satisfying. Like in that moment, it's like, Greg, now I'm happy to watch her throw a samurai sword around a room and just carve people up because right now I really understand her motives. It's it's genuinely I'm for I'm clearly against something or I'm for something, whereas the entire season was mostly just her not sure what she was meant to be doing. Yeah, which I suppose I that was really meant to be the frustration that you were meant to feel for her at the same time. She didn't know what she was meant to be doing at that point. But I'm not sure whether it was frustration or just shitty writing going, well, we honestly have nothing to do with her yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they just didn't add enough kind of milestones throughout the storytelling to, to at least um, satisfy us as the viewer frequently enough that it was kind of just stretched out, that she was just being pulled from scene to scene with no real... Now she's going to just have a conversation with this person about the AI. So you get to understand a little bit more about the world computer. And now she's going to stand in the way of Dolores for some reason. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But there was a lack of tangible logic to why she followed that guy from the get-go. Considering how like, strongly it started too, with um, what, there were moments where like when her cowboy boyfriend got killed by that Dolores copy. Yeah. Um, that was a genuine moment that I was expecting her to start going full rampage on everything indefinitely. And um, I know that her uh, freedoms were being constantly ripped away from her with um, uh, the French dude, can't remember his name. But um, that was a really cool moment. I loved seeing that with her trying to get out of the simulation in time to stop all of her allies from being completely ruined. It, honestly, that felt really flat to me. Yeah? Yeah, and I, I think it was just because it it felt like, once again, Maeve was just, like, she'd become, by the end of season two, she'd sort of become a fucking powerhouse, and yeah. then they just reduced her to a victim of circumstance again. Yeah. I wonder it, it, if... It now that you, reset. it makes me wonder um obviously dolores being at the center of every major um incident at the park and being engineered in such a way it makes sense to kind of follow her journey as she gets to decide what's going to happen but mm. 
now that you yeah, you're talking about it like that, it makes me think, what if they had actually flipped the roles for season three where it was Maeve's kind of um, unrelenting pursuit of freeing humanity from this um, construct and um, Dolores was being, the one being thrown around and manipulated in such a way that she was trying to break out of and, and um, eventually become the super assassin that would live to fight another day once she had truly attained freedom and understood her role in society once she had left everything else behind. Sorry, of, just like if that was the... If the roles were flipped, like it was Dolores being the samurai, like the, the um, sword-wielding... Oh one that was being controlled by people that she didn't want to be controlled by constantly. And it was Maeve being the one that was making copies of herself and um, engineering. Like, you'd, like, would it have felt better? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess we're, we've, we've grown accustomed to understanding... Um, Dolores is sort of means to an end logic. Yeah. So, uh, I suppose the difference is, you know, you watch Dolores and you're actually supposed to be, um, not actually supposed to be, but like you experience more of the Ford mentality there where it's quite binary and it's quite planned and um, not sadistic, but it's... Um, it's quite black and white, but there's when you, an element of God complex to it. Yeah, but when you watch Maeve, you you you're it's like you're watching Arthur or Arnold, sorry. Um, yeah, well, where it's just self discovery. Yeah, the truly Maeve evolved was one, the right? only one of them that went. I'm aware I'm a robot, but these feelings are real to me. Yeah, so I will indulge them. And that was, I mean, the um, what do they call it? The things that actually made themselves aware. Those little. Uh, reveries. reveries yeah those were arnold's designs and it make like that's why I, probably that i feel that maybe is the more as the stronger character deep down because you get to watch her she's the one that she's the only one that really wakens herself up and no one really pays attention to her in the right ways whereas dolores is just a tool yeah um, dolores was the one who they decided from the get-go would be the one to fuck shit up basically yeah, yeah i see what you mean there um is the original arnold i don't think he he didn't like what they were doing because these things were too real but i don't think he ever had the intention of like you know, let's fucking let's let it was ford's design that led to them trying to take over the world be realer than real and um and ford was like fuck the human race yeah that, that that's all very fordian logic yeah versus. like the these this this corporate greed is descending upon my vision or our vision as i see it or how i've appropriated it in arnold's legacy but um and so i'm going to um i'm boxed in right now so i'm at least going to design things in such a way that at least i can become a, a, an idea more than anything else yeah because they're not I, paying I attention to me they just know they can't get rid of me because without me there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do um, well, i think even beyond that he just knew that the hosts themselves were rightly and should rightly be the sort of successors to humanity yeah is the 
governors of Earth, and he he built something that he was ashamed of the direction that was being pulled and what yeah. it was being what? used for, and he just and I mean he's the one that talks about bicameralism in the show, right? He's the one that introduces that concept to other characters, so that tells me that he's fully committed to that beyond what he's even designed he's like well at this point all of this is just a simulation and we really don't know what we're directing so we may as well just tinker uh engineer and design things in the way that we think they should be um because at the end of the day we don't really know if we're in a simulation and there's no way we can tell um what, what do you think of the the sort of conceit of the show where it goes um uh what's it called what's the term jumps the shark um, free will yeah. isn't what is it free will isn't impossible it's just hard yeah yeah um did that resonate with you or no oh the dolores said that didn't she in the last episode yeah it was, it was never meant to be impossible it was yeah it's just hard um i liked it i mean it was there's nothing about that last episode that didn't work for me um but I, I just, yeah. It didn't. It didn't seem, because I, I, I don't. Know, to me, it was almost like. I, I thought it was a naive departure from the, the sort of quintessential nihilism of the show. Well, I suppose it, yeah. If I think about it, that way, it. it I do. I. Anthony Hopkins to me felt like he elevated the show and, and whether it was just either his performance or just the character itself, probably just the character. Cause you could, you could wax poetic at such this, in such higher concepts than you normally could with um, people just responding to other people or characters responding to other characters in the moment where he was able to connect all the pieces in such a way that you felt he was orchestrating the entire thing. Um, and he talked about free will just as much as any of the other characters did it this season, but I don't know, maybe it just needed more of him in it. And they they only really just flashed on him in um, scenes that had already been shot, but it would have been really cool to see him come back to it to some degree this season. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I hoped it would come full circle to him, which it, it did in some senses, but not. Not in the ways that you. In the way I was hoping for. Well, I mean, I feel um, like um, Bernard's character was only able to become what he was because he had Arnold's character to bounce off of that whole time. But without him, he's kind of not really doing anything except reacting to other people's things. Yeah, so I mean, really ultimately, as a character, he was setting himself up to die and be replaced. Mm knowing that from that point onwards the the robots would have their way so i guess you know, him moving out of the picture was intrinsic to his character's goals yeah yeah but yeah he he's just so useful to have around as a character and as an actor that it's it is quite hard to not see him there yeah um but yeah i just i was excited by the fact that the show was willing to show the concept of free will doesn't exist and then how 
show how the world came to grips with that. Yeah. So for it yeah. to backpedal from that, I was quite disappointed. Oh, in terms of like how everyone seemed to react to the idea that everyone... Like, well, no, just uh, that Dolores was like, no, you, you can have free will. It's just tough. Right, okay, yeah. I, I wanted them to stick with no... None of this can be actually... Um, like, there is no free will. Like, I, I just... But that's the nihilist in me, I guess. But, um, well, I suppose that was the turn as well in her character in the last episode was... Because um, that was the big thing with, like, season two and the... Um, finding this sort of vault of character shit yeah. on all the people in the pack was like, oh, hang on. Free will doesn't exist. We, in the efforts to try and create free will in the, in the robots, we realized that it didn't exist in real people either. Yeah. But that was, that was a cool story beat in my head. Yeah, I was yeah, disappointed yeah. that you lose that, but How do you, you can't. How do you feel about the reveal that um... you can't come back from that unless you engineer this, the, the new world order is something engineered against people's will as well. Yeah, so yeah. I understand why you have to get away from that. How do you feel about um, bad Frenchie being controlled by his AI? I thought there was a, so that makes up for him being such a, cookie cutter bad guy yeah um, when you're like oh shit this this man so believes in what he has created that he literally just is a mouthpiece to the robot yeah it was a really good rug pull i found it that you like it's that moment and you see it in ghost in the shell type um stories where it's the moment where you realize the thing that you've been interacting with for god knows how long barely even a human at this point it's a shell it's a puppet yeah there's nothing behind the eyes at this point um and he doesn't probably doesn't know how to function without it um yeah so i felt like they could have stretched that out a little bit longer it could have been quite a cool maddening kind of like a 20 minute it could have been stretched out to at least 20 minutes of his descent into uh or like his explanation of what was happening and why he's doing the things that he's doing and it was still fine but i would have liked it to like to have watched it more yeah. Yeah. But I did like that once that came undone, he was just like that. He was just sort of in so many of the pivotal shots, but just no one gave a shit anymore. Yeah. 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 I um, thought that was cool. Uh, and yeah, it, I suppose at that point, Maeve had her powers turned back on, right? So she was able to connect and actually hear the voice that was speaking to him and kind of. Um, and that kind of makes sense why he was, why, um, the AI was keeping Maeve so tightly controlled because he knew that if he let her off her leash a little bit, he'd, she'd be able to work things out almost instantly. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I guess it's all in service of its grand plan, right? Mm. Oh, was it Rehoboam? Rehoboam? Rehoboam. It's um, also makes sense that the AI was pulling the strings, but I I actually assumed we might get some sort of weird like convergence situation. I was expecting Dolores to be completely integrated with it. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's why I think yeah, that's why I thought the light started to turn blue. It wasn't her just shutting it down. It was her 
becoming it. And that's how I mean, Dolores would live on. And that's how you'd be able so, to justify um, her returning for the next season. Because it wouldn't really be yeah, her. Which or it I would think, be, but it should be like a god in the machine sort of thing. I think it's still potentially a possibility. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a cool way to... Um, um, maybe she lay. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's lots of different directions they could go with it, but it'd be cool to see her come back, even though it quite clearly seemed much like um, Ford's character departing, like that moment of her saying goodbye to the person that she had grown closest to, in some way, and then like disappearing off the face of the earth. Yeah, and um, she herself became a um, orchestrator. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I think that is part of. I could be just, you know, the black and white keys represent race. I could just be doing the um, well, what? the English teacher's dumb analysis of something they don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it seemed to me that the purpose of a part of part of it was about her becoming the forward of her, of somebody else's destiny. Yeah, and I mean. Like the, People can, you know, that English teacher comment strikes well with me because it's like, yeah, people are going to reanalyze those um, scenes to draw connections where they don't need them. But, you know, there's clear stylistic symbolic choices being made, but it doesn't need to serve any greater narrative beyond this serves a stylistic symbol, like symbol of Dolores dressed in all, uh, all black while um, Hale the hail copy when she hasn't quite worked out what's going on is all dressed in white. And it's like, it's not, you don't have to think anything more beyond the fact that there's a, like a split or like a dichotomy between these two characters at this moment. Right? Yeah. Fair point. Um, I, I might've just still, chalked it up to the, the different skin tones and what clothes look better. On yeah. Which. Yeah. That's what I would have gone with it. Like there's clearly still a stylistic, you, you know, the story at this point speaks about opposition. So I'm going to make it as clearly obvious that these guys are not on the same page in the way that I, the dress setter or whoever's designing the yeah, costumes yeah. or the themes is going to do, but it has nothing like the, the um, wouldn't have necessarily gone down to the writer doing very yeah, specific it's, things. It's with, not necessarily intention. It's just, different people involved in the creative process expressing their um, understanding of the story in their own ways right so yeah it's like have you ever realized some of, some of that its parts like, it's not shows like game of thrones the characters costumes um what was it it's like throughout the course of the show the costumes that the characters wear which have predominantly look like the exact same outfits mm. are actually getting like darker and heavier and more um like spiky versions of the same clothing yeah they are revolving you just don't really notice it uh, yeah and it's, somebody it's, points it's it intentionally out to done in a subtle way to throw you off the track yeah and i do enjoy when um people who design the physical aspects of these shows get have, get to have that license to evolve things as they go um, yeah but yeah, when it's crammed down your throat, it's like, oh, now this person's dressed in black completely. It makes them the darkest timeline version of themselves. So they've turned to the dark side. Yeah, um, sometimes it's can feel a bit <laughs> yeah. ham-fisted. But... Uh, didn't see it in the show, though, I don't think. Um, how do you feel about um, uh, Bernard's character in this season with how it ended? Um, Got his I moment think... with his wife. Kind of, um, 
I would say, woefully underutilized. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, I kind of get why his story was more meant to be a human one. Yeah. He's he, navigating he's, the world completely un, 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 unable to or not sure what he's meant to do next, right? Yeah. Um, and him, he, he and um, as well, uh, what's the the old guy actor's name that plays uh, Ed Harris? Ed Harris. Both of them are sort of playing the character roles of the... Because there is actually an intentional, um, you know, focus on telling women's stories in Westworld on purpose. Yeah, yeah. That That is actually one of the intentional conceits of the story, which if you have an issue with that, then go fuck yourself. Mm. Um, but they are both meant to sort of represent that that person you expect to be the main character who just isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, the one who could come to terms with that and then just seek his own his own human story. Yeah. And I mean, cause his resolution and the one that couldn't can cope with that. Mm. And goes, we want to serve the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, and William was I never meant to be that's why he, his story ends with him just getting his throat slit casually and, yeah. throat slit. And then a copy of him becomes, somebody else's point well, yes that was the point to that gen- yeah and i mean it's genuinely what his fear was from day one right of the season was him being his especially hale being at the center of his undoing um as the head of dallas um and then him being cloned or copied or yeah turned into a machine and um being done away so with was he a robot in this season I didn't think he was because of the way that they talked about um, Hale injecting him with that um, tracer virus thing that was meant to infiltrate the uh, uh, the system. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me, that made um, me think he was real. It was just he was being played so elaborately um, by Dolores at that point. She was going out of her way to um, make it as a miserable and a as a psychologically breaking experience for him as possible because of what he had done to her. Which again, I still struggle with that because she should know better. Well, no, because no. well, yeah, kind yeah. of, but because in a sense, he, he's a product of the same engineered reality as she was. Right? Yeah. And the only reason he turned is because of what that park did to him. Um, yeah. yeah, and now, granted, yeah, I think we discussed this last week, that ultimately he had some serious character flaws that shine through, and that's actually why the park turned him. Mm. Whereas if you compare him to um, Breaking Bad Kid's character, yeah, Pinkman, he was presented the park and did just a normal human thing. It was like, nah, fellow soldiers, we're not going to rape these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's genuinely what good's meant to look like, right? It's, um, and I mean, they, they, they actively throw that in your face over the last three seasons. It's, um, that William characters, like everyone calls him out and says, you know, this park doesn't do anything more than just show you who you really are. Um, yeah. as much as we want to sympathize with you because of how good, um, the young version of William 
um, was received by people and people now miss seeing him on screen because of that yeah. character, that, that initial struggle that he dealt with. Um, we, God damn, this whole thing is such a good piece of like feminist storytelling. I feel like I'm only putting it together now. Like, you know, even from square one where Teddy is the first person you see. You assume he's the main character. Yeah, yeah. You assume he's even human, not just a puppet in this story. Yeah, you watch him going into the tra- on the train, right? You follow his journey back into town. It's Jesus. Yeah. Um, and here I was thinking I knew what was going on. <laughs> um, and again, you follow um, Williams. Yeah, William is your male protagonist who you get. And you're like, okay, he's our male protagonist. Well, he's your in into the park in terms of how it all works and what you do and um, yeah, but the, the clothes that you the, pick. And... Yeah, the, the park, for, for the sake of this thing, is the story. Mm. So yeah, it needs to show you that. He's our male protagonist and then... Even down to, I, I mean, I could be, again, I could be pulling straws here, but like, you know, the William's daughter. Mm. Now we get our hero that can be our new hero because she's the daughter of the main character. We, yeah, it's, she, she can take up this mantle because she's a descendant of, you know, like that, even that's like kind of the more stereotypical, here's how we introduce a new character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian could be slinging shit in the wind, but there is actually a decent amount of logic to a lot of this. Yeah, well, it's orchestrated, right? It's um, yeah. Um, what do you what do you posit is actually going to happen next season with um that after credit scene happening with obviously William so, being s- replaced, but also Bernard? I'm more interested in the fact that Bernard went to the new world and then came back and he was covered in a fuckload of dust so how much went time to the is new by? world and came back so he put on the um the headset and the did you not see that part of the post credit scene yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. nobody um he comes back i i misunderstood what you meant by the new sorry world. yeah yeah is he so he he essentially he transitioned um <laughs> now now that he's yeah. become a woman yeah. he can be a main character that's what Westworld we're saying hates here. men yeah um he whatever happened he was dormant for potentially years we have to assume a, a significant portion of society actually crumbled um yeah well that's but not all of it what did Rehoboam say like hundreds of millions of people or something yeah um but the fact that the building itself was still standing and was completely left undisturbed while he sat there yeah um that that weirded me out somewhat but i'm willing to go with it for the sake of the story but simulation within a simulation um yeah it makes me think like somebody posited online that um time moves quickly more quickly in the um simulation so that he might have spent a year there uh, in the real world, but um, he might have experienced 10 or 20 or, or 100 years in the simulation. So when he goes to join them, society's already well advanced beyond the, the Wild West, even though to them, to the real world, they've only been in that world for about a year or six months or however long it's been. 
so that yeah. they've actually well, the, evolved to their own future no, world within a future world. I suppose you're right. I ne- it never occurred to me. I don't know why it didn't, but it never occurred to me that the machine world would even necessarily technologically advance. Yeah, and that's well, that the part of that was part of the theory as to why he was able to come back. It's because it got to the same point that the real world had got to, where society had developed AI and then crumbled again. Uh, And so he worked out a way to come back because the technology in that world had developed to the point where it needed to and for for it to connect to the real world. (laughs) Yeah, like that is purely just somebody just speculating about how how to justify him coming back. Um, To my mind, I would have assumed he just learned what he needed to know and now he's back or... um... Because the idea was that your your core jumps out of your body completely, and you don't actually you're not actually connected to it anymore. Like it completely gets severed. But I mean, that's purely uh, based on them jumping, you know, running through that portal and their bodies falling off the cliff and becoming um, nothing to come back to. His probably his was probably the first instance where somebody went into that world properly, but their body wasn't sacrificed as a result. It was just sitting safely. Yeah. To everyone else, they were running off, off off a cliff, so naturally their physical bodies not only would fall, they'd be so heavily damaged, nothing could come back into them. Okay, I didn't... I'm not sure I really had any internal logic as to anything beyond just they were, you know, being uploaded to a cloud. Yeah. And disconnecting from their bodies but i i guess you're right i wonder what that's how i yeah that's how i just presumably just logging into that though well that's what they were doing when they were wearing it couldn't sorry that's what i think that's what they were doing it doing when they because him and dolores obviously jumped into that as well when they first came across those headsets but they didn't drop out of their bodies to go all the way in yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure I'd assume there are any given rules to it. If, yeah. it's a, if it's a data transfer thing or a communication device, then I don't see why you couldn't you know, go the opposite way or just go there for a short time. Yeah. That's interesting, but, though, to think about. How long do you think he was gone for? Um. Well, somebody was oh, yeah. likening the the imagery to Christ returning from the dead because he had a crown of thorns around his head. <laughs> um, That's appropriate. Yeah, for... and he's considered the son of God because Ford was the engineer and um, Bernard was clearly his favourite. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd like to. I, I really I enjoy moments where you're like. It was a blink of an eye, but really it was hundreds of years to him. And so the person that you're dealing with that's come back is well beyond your reach um, in terms of consciousness. I like the concept of that, so it'd be quite cool yeah. if they just go full tits to it and just say, yeah, he's he's potentially thousands of years old at this point. What What do you think is the story arc from here? Um, so what is it, Maeve and Aaron Paul's so, character being, yeah, leaders it's, it's of a resistance? Essentially, I mean, because the, the current heroes and villains that we have are basically those who want to preserve the world as it is versus those who 
seek what? to free humans pr properly and entirely. Um, yeah, there has to be more corporate meddling. He, they can't be the only company in charge of everything. There'll be a, like a vacuum to begin with of different financially interested parties on not necessarily establishing order, but establishing their position in the new world order. Um, whether it jumps straight into that or if it does jump forward several years and then tells the story retrospectively. Um, yeah. But I don't know where it would go from if here. That's I mean, what you can, the first thing you can always expect from Westworld is that they'll find a creative way to tell a, tell a story. But I mean, with yeah. what Hale's copy, cloning William and then starting back up the, um, the host uh, production as well. I, I'm, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, and how that's going to conflict with Maeve and um, things kind of uprising. I mean, yeah. I, right, where's the com I'm trying to figure out where the conflict is going to lie between the main characters because they can't all be on the same side. Yeah. It, it, it'd probably have to turn to something host versus host. I I, I think genuine human parties will cease to be a part of it well there's that um what the poster for this season was a was uh dolores dolores's uh, original body um sitting in the dust or the sand of like uh, the waste and like in the background or in the foreground of like a city laid to waste so does Did they think... confirm that was her original body just for my own question in the, in the show you mean or in the poster i mean within the episode she said back before they created us to be weak like them they made us strong mm. i don't think it was her made of stronger stuff stronger stuff yeah was her words. whether or not it was her original body or it was a original body i don't know if they made more than one back then because i made to be just constantly just killed and redeployed possibly in the same shell because considering how sturdy they were but it would have been really cool to see um, maybe just a clearer explanation to like Ford knew exactly what he was doing from the get-go when he engineered his own death um, after all of that at the end of season one that he had put Dolores's original body somewhere for her to eventually find knowing he would she would get it uh, but it could have also been that Dallas had it somewhere under lock and key and she got her way to it yeah, because uh, at that point she was fully integrated with all things internet-wise, so she could have just found it, tucked it away somewhere, or just assigned one of her clones to get it for her somehow. You just didn't see it. It would have been cool to get somebody to watch was it. Who do was it. Dolores's AI help desk? Like, who was she tapping into at any given time to do Is things it, for Do you her? think that was just an off-the-shelf product that anyone could use, or do you think... I don't know. Do you, was it? Um, I mean, I, I just assumed that that was kind of a, these are products you can get now where just instead of having a PA, you just have a permanent PA that's a sort of a robotic entity. But I, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe she, she just did get her hands on one of those and then because she had the master key to anything at any given time, she could um, get it to do whatever it wanted. Yeah, or like I, it I, was able to do anything it needed to to be able to um, 
or, or maybe it was just another Dolores clone. Purely designed to connect her to different things, yeah. Um, it was her way around not being able to do what Maeve could do, right? Which I still struggle with. How Maeve is able to do any of that. There's nothing intrinsically valuable about Maeve different to everyone else. She just... Oh, why no was... one else was able to replicate it? Well, yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it was what made Maeve unique as a character, so that was probably why it was preserved the way it was, but that's all. Mm. I think it was just beyond a, the the somebody grabbing one of those um, computers and tinkering with her settings. It was that compounded with her experiences from that point, where she was being forced to, um, like her, her mind, I suppose, was being forced to evolve or adapt immediately in those moments and based on the interactions or conversations that she was needing to get her way out of. Yeah, but you know, like how Dolores said, you're all me. Yeah, yeah. You're all just copies of me. Like, you know. That... I'm the original. Yeah, everything I did, not everything you're able to do is because of what I did to begin with. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but they, they literally just created new characters by copying Dolores into new into other bodies and then going um, yeah you know, I mean it, it never really does it really explain why Maeve wasn't able to control Dolores oh no no it, it, it did, very much it? Yeah. suggested she was which was sort of why she wouldn't let her get close enough to do it but mm-hmm. I don't know I, yeah the, the best thing about that was the fact that the second they actually interacted they were good with each other yeah yeah as soon as they were able to touch it was just which is interesting do you do you wherever you were watching it do you get the like hbo little pr video things at the end of each episode yeah 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 how um andy and um evan rachel would both were like like they just as people and as the people whose job it was to understand those characters, neither of them could understand why those two were enemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but by God, I they agreed with that because I really spent my whole time also thinking: just is there any world where these two actually <laughs> would get along? Well, um, Ed Harris talked quite bluntly about this later season. He's like, "Yeah, I signed up to the show to do a very specific thing, which was the Man in Black." Um, and this se- this season is not that, so I don't know how to feel about it. I just don't know where it's going. Um, and okay. I'm, I'm pretty indifferent towards it now. Um, which might have just been his old Ed Harris way of saying, I don't know what the fuck's happening anymore, um, but I'm happy to do it. Okay. Well, I, I suppose he's happy to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I sometimes you hear certain actors speak and you, you're kind of like, I really just wish you hadn't said that because it hurts my ability to like you as a person. Yeah, yeah. And it colours my view of your roles and shit. And I don't want that to be the case, but it often is. Yeah. Um, there's some actors that are just, especially like, like Tommy Lee Jones is a famous one for it where he's just, he's an just old a grumpy grump. old man. Yeah. Like he's happy to do the work. He's happy to read whatever is in front of him because he is just a working actor at the end of the day. Like that's where he came from. He's probably never going to not be that. But also, don't ask him dumb questions because he won't have the time for it. 
Um, yeah, he he will just kind of hurt your feelings on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he also just seems like everybody's grandpa. Yeah, potentially the like drunken swearing grandpa that you know may or may not say racist things. Yeah. And that's fine, because Space Cowboys was a movie. (laughs) And you think that movie was about old men and had, like, what we consider to be the old men in Hollywood, but, like, 22 years ago, and most of them are still kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, they're all basically still working. Uh, The the one that was on Eight Simple Rules to replace the... The the dead guy. Kristen Ritter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> She's dead now. <laughs> was I, I was so like, no, I she this, wasn't in that How do I hit this in a way that will guarantee he laughs while simultaneously surprising him slightly? <laughs> she wasn't even in that show. Um, is John Ritter died? Uh, I get it. I get things now. This is my Westworld moment. It all clicks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that's what the kids are calling a um, inception noise <laughs> kids no it's what like the 40 year old guys that make south park were doing 10 years ago when it was relevant <laughs> uh, it's at that point that we realize we should wrap up the episode um so i started playing the fractured but whole i i tried because i played stick of truth through and through and really enjoyed it uh, and tried fractured butthole, but um, didn't really get past it because I was like, "This just feels exactly, exactly the same like the old game. It's, it's the same game." Uh, and I, I don't know. How do you find it? It's the same game. Yeah, but I'm not sure I'm, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing inherently bad in, in the first game that made me think they need to do something better than certain bits of it, it was like this i thought feels they like, would have done more different yeah that's what i was thinking too it's like this this needs to be different because i'm bored going into the second game because i've seen this all before as good as it is and as comfortable a game it is it just didn't i don't know i mean they they, they redid the combat and everything which is good it yeah. just, i don't know I, I really thought they'd maybe it was just the hype there was so much hype leading up to the first game um but quite rightly right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was something that they were hyping as much as the company that was making it because they wanted to do better than the South Park Nintendo 64 game, um, which I still maintain is just a good GoldenEye port. Um, I will play that game. It sucks, but I will play it. Okay. I I, I don't even remember it. It was literally I mean, just a I, South Park first The first shooter. time I ever played a Nintendo 64 was... Yesterday. Um, that, that time we pulled yours out at the flat. Oh, right. Okay. That was the first time I'd ever touched a Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah. And I was what? 20? 20-something. 20 you were 20-something when you first pulled it out. Um, that's what we're saying here. Yeah, it's nothing that you don't expect from a Nintendo. Like those games were nothing that you wouldn't expect from a from Nintendo. It's like when you compare them to Sony games, which were not classier by any sense, but just had different 
kinds of story. It's a different mascot pushing this one. Yeah. Um, rounder edges. More Mario and Banjo-Kazooie and shit like that. But Yeah, I, I just... I feel like Nintendo products just were harder to come by in New Zealand. Yeah, they have the same price points as um, PlayStation, but PlayStation definitely managed to saturate the market here before Nintendo could get a real grip on it, I think. Just, well, we, well, we didn't get Game Boys, proper Game Boys, um, until around the time that PlayStation was already here, I thought. so. I mean, really? obviously, Super Nintendos and everything were huge everywhere. Um, I guess maybe that was just my household, because... Like, uh, my neighbours growing up had Super Nintendos, but we had Seegers. And they weren't yeah, we had a Sega. There's no price difference between any of them. It was just like, which mascot do you want to buy? A Mario mascot or a, C- a Sonic mascot? I, I remember hearing somebody say um, it was kind of like, it, and it was, he was talking about the that, that Nintendo boy thingy that you stuck on your face the virtual boy oh right yeah 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 yeah. and <laughs> like i, I Nintendo actually really agreed with what he was saying um you don't back in like the 90s you only would buy something if somebody you knew already had it yeah yeah like that was how you knew if something was good if nobody bought it then it must be shit nobody yeah exactly yeah I was like, yeah that actually that actually pretty well encompasses it like we didn't really know anything about anything i didn't know when new games were on the way i'd just occasionally see a poster in the video store and that would be enough to go oh yes this game's coming yeah 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 yeah. um jesus christ the controller for virtual boy looks horrifying yeah the virtual boy in general looks horrifying i don't get what they were thinking there it and when that's it was launched virtual reality device and it was launched in july of 95 and discontinued in december of 95 (laughs) what does that tell you well it was pushed to market unfinished really no shit yeah they pushed it out to market so they could start making they could focus on making the nintendo 64 so what, why they even what came was up with this before supposed to do that it didn't do it was meant to um uh provide 3d graphics to all of the 32-bit games at that point like the super nintendo it was meant to be the um the evolution of super nintendo oh when the rest Did it of provide 3d graphics to any game um I think through the head-mounted display because they were showing two screens in your eyeballs at the same time stereo through stereoscopic, they became awesome. 3D by default. But they were um, it was red monochrome. Yeah, so it, it wasn't 3D. It was like it had high costs and potential health concerns. <laughs> oh, um, and the. Uh, the failure had been attributed to high price, monochrome display, unimpressive 3D effects, lack of portability, and health concerns. <laughs> to name a few. So it's literally the same technology that was repurposed later on for 3DS. In terms of being yeah, able to use that stereoscopic imaging to push a, push images slightly closer towards your face in such a way that it made it look 3D. 
that's saying something considering how well the 3ds did yeah yeah well it's because it, it had actual proper portability and didn't require you to um put an entire headset on top of your face that didn't actually do anything to your eyes except shoot red lasers at them and not show you anything really better than what you had already been seeing on tv or at least i mean that's it there's still the jury's still very much out on what vr does to your eyes yeah yeah and it probably does fuck you up to some degree but like no no different to what uh any yeah, form of screen that we look at does yeah bedrooms. um like the entire market of um you know blue led or blue lights being able to uh, uh, being so much better for your eyes than just normal LED. And it's like, well, why aren't all LEDs just blue light then? And we'll just adapt to the fact that everything kind of looks orange. If it's better for our eyes, why isn't that just the standard? Because money. Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, also literally yeah. just a setting which changes the color and tone settings of what you're looking at. So how can it really just be better for your eyes? Yeah beyond just changing the brightness slightly so i don't really it might be easier to read for longer durations of time but is really looking at something slightly easier to look at for longer periods of time any healthier than looking at something bad like that hurts to look at for short periods of time <laughs> it's still just like burning things into your brain yeah but also i'm saying that i should totally buy a vr headset yeah um get a quest get a quest yeah okay <laughs> all right cool this has been Ashra. this has been wired shut um yeah episode something 79 yeah we're almost on to the cusp of episode 80 uh this is our fifth episode during lockdown so we thank you for bearing with us as we hopefully move into level two next week uh and start hopefully. to be able to drink in public again like god intended Uh, but yeah, that's been Wired Shut. Hit us up in all the usual places, but at follow up, at Wired Shut Pod. I'm sorry, I was responding to a message. Oh, of course you were, you cunt. The way I left the dry right there was, was... It warms myself. I'll fix it in um, post. I'll fix this relationship in post. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked point. to each other in years. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> using yeah, stock footage of Logan true. to stitch together conversations to make myself feel better. But it's extra sad because I just play Radiohead in the background while doing it. Yeah. Come, <laughs> No, sorry. I just play I play half versions of Radiohead songs that Logan used to sing at people <laughs> in the background. Just thinking, like, what's the most inappropriate <laughs> song for that thing you were describing? Just now. just the guitar solo <laughs> from Paranoid Android. Just burn to damn burn to burn. I specifically didn't use that because I knew that was exactly what you were thinking of. I wasn't actually. I was thinking um, Billy even a Radiohead song. It's a Tom York joint. The uh, Rabbit in Your Headlights. Fuck you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like the most column in this conversation I have been in a while. <laughs> uh, okay, this has been Wired Chat. He's been your host, Logan. I've been your host, Jesse. Yeah, uh, share us at all the places at wired shut pod we're everywhere yes. now guys come on just like listen just do it let's do know. it be a man do it do is what we wants you to do and be a man
Beer Man. Yeah. Beer Man recognize your um, bit part in the the grand yeah. femi- feminist narrative of 2020. Grand feminazi. <laughs> I like that your it's... voice disjointed out there a little bit, so it's like from my see. I just, I just want there to be a character in something that um, it's just really over the top and elaborate. And for I am the grand feminazi. And it's played by man. It's played by. Uh, I was imagining uh, like, uh, what's her name, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. Uh, yeah, it's canon. Look it up. Okay. Watch out. We out. Yeah.